Hey, it's Greg Stanley. Do you know you can now win prizes such as a Starbucks gift card, Concord tickets, or car swag for being the first to answer an entertaining trivia question? Get the weekly trivia question by following me on Instagram or Facebook at The Collector Car Podcast and just DM me your answer. The first person with the correct answer wins. Also, as a new aspect of my automotive passion and hobby, I am a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. If you need assistance consigning a collector car at Amelia Island, Pebble Beach, Auburn, West Palm, or Hershey, email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. All right, well, today we have a special guest, Matt Murray. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Now, I reached out to you because you had something really cool occur on your YouTube channel. But before we get to that, would you tell me, like, what do you do in the automotive industry? Um, so my day job, I work in, uh, I guess you could say roughly in marketing for the Eastwood company. Um, that's, I've been with, been there about 10 years and I basically started our social media, uh, back there about 10 years ago and do a lot of our how to content. And now I work in a lot in sponsorship and influencer marketing with the Eastwood company. Um, and it's, uh, it's really, really a good time. Wow. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's something I did not know about you before this phone call. What I did know about you is you have a cool YouTube channel called Iron Trap Garage. Now, where where'd you come up with that name? Uh, so Iron Trap Iron Trap Garage was something that I uh, I actually started the like you know like most people you you have a forum or a social media you know username or whatever. So um, before the channel, I kind of decided I was looking around for different things to describe our, like this addiction or hobby uh, that we have. And I found this old uh, medieval like trap or torture device, if you will. <laughs> and it was called uh, the Iron Trap, which was supposedly a trap you could not get out of. It was like a Wikipedia or like, you know, a, a Webster's definition. Uh, and I, it clicked in my head. I'm like, that's what this hobby is. Like once you get addicted to collector cars or antique cars and you're really into it like 90 percent of people they're they're infected till the day they die you never get out of this hobby even when you're 99 years old whether you're building cars or you're still looking at magazines or you're going to car shows you still enjoy the hobby and it stays with you for life wow wow no that's a really cool cool way to describe it and a cool name i like that a lot so tell me, what car is your iron trap or era of cars or type of cars that you find yourself going back to all the time? Uh, probably what struck me um, is is the, I guess you could say, well, the, the gener- generic term is traditional hot rods and customs. Um, but like the arrow, I guess, would be like probably 64 and earlier, but most specifically war era vehicles. Um, everything, you know, Model T's. It's early, you know, the 20s up till like 46, 48. That's the stuff that I'm really, really into. Um, and then if you want to narrow it down more, it's specifically like the early early to mid-30s stuff is what I'm really, really, really passionate about. But, um, you know, really it's the traditional hot rod and custom thing that, that I, I, over the years I learned to narrow it down so that I'm not so spread out. Um, so I just love the old early days of hot rodding and customizing and um, I kind of, the way I relate it is, is we're doing stuff like the restoration guys are doing with antiques. We're just doing it how the teenage guys and tw- guys in their 20s were doing it during the 40s and 
60s, you know, how they were modifying cars. That's how we're doing it today, using the same parts, the same cars, and a lot of the same process. Right, right. Yeah, that's really cool. So you're using, like, period mods on a period car, basically. That is, that is right? correct. Yep, that's exactly it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Now, do you have any cool uh, mods in your garage at this time? Uh, yeah, I mean, my as far as, like, hot rods go, uh, my, I usually have anywhere from six to ten vehicles in my shop at all times. Um, and then I usually have a couple sitting outside, too. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I, pretty much all my stuff I have right now, aside from one, like, early 50s Chevy, is all, like, 30s uh, cars. So, you know, Model A's, 32 Fords, Model T's, uh, I have a 39 Ford, um, and I have, like, a 42 Ford, uh, like, original box truck that's an old butcher truck. Um, so pretty much all my stuff, even my swap me vehicle, the, the, the butcher truck is, is old. So right. we keep, we keep everything old school. Well, if you had only one of those to keep, which one would it be? Oh man. Um, that would be nearly impossible to say. Um, I don't know, probably my, um, there's a car I call the Pagoda city coupe, which is a model A coupe I built a handful of years ago. That's probably the one I would have to say, cause it's like, it's a fun hot rod that's not real shiny, so you can drive it anywhere. The engine isn't too hot rodded or wild, so you can actually, like, drive it on the street and, you know, take it around. So that's probably the one I would have to say overall, although it would hurt me to get rid of some of the other stuff for sure. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you is you came across kind of an epic, quote-unquote, barn find recently. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that and what you've been covering on your YouTube channel? Yeah, so um, we've been doing our YouTube channel for, I don't know, maybe four years now. Um, and we've pretty much focused on uh, our, our kind of take on the whole YouTube thing is we're showing the whole process from the day you find the old car in the barn or garage or at an auction or however you buy it. And we take you through the process of the day we found it all the way till the day we're driving it again. So because of that, we've gotten you know a lot of people following our channel and seen I, we've been documenting cars that i've pulled out for myself over the years and um now fast forward four years our channel's pretty popular i get a lot of phone calls about people that say hey i got these parts for sale or hey my dad died and you know we got all this stuff left over after selling his cars can you help us tell us what it is or are you interested and um basically um i had one of the family members jody sent me an email one day and just said that her and her husband had found our channel uh, saw that we were kind of local and that we were very knowledgeable in, you know, the, the 60s and early earlier cars. And they had, their uncle had died and they had a huge collection of old cars and parts. And they were kind of overwhelmed and didn't know what was what or what to do with it. And they, they were kind of just like cold calling me. So um, I, of course, reached out to them. We did a couple phone calls and then arranged a the time for me to look at the cars. And I walked in. They take me to, there's a couple properties. So they took me to different properties and I was just like, my, my head was spinning the whole time because there was so much great stuff. So I just basically, we, they were kind of looking for like, what do we do? How do we organize it? They knew they wanted to auction the stuff off to keep it easy for dispersing the estate. Uh, but they didn't know how to like, they, they didn't really know what, what to do. And they were asking for some opinions. And then um, I don't think they quite realized how passionate I am about the antique car and barn find things so i was like i would love to help you guys this is like amazing um so that's how it kind of all started 
Um, and it, you know, it went from there with us brainstorming ideas on what we were going to do. Wow. Now, given kind of an overview, how many cars are we talking about? And like, what kind of condition are they in? And what was one of your favorite ones that you've reviewed? Um, so there was about, uh, I don't even know the exact count because by the time I got in there to help them, they had already sold, I don't know, five, six vehicles, a couple of fire trucks, an antique Harley, um, and some other odds and ends. But I'd say there's like 50 vehicles possibly at this point um, around there somewhere, um, maybe give or take five or ten. Um, right. So, so there's there's about 50, let's say 50 or so vehicles. Um, the really great the really interesting thing about uh, this Larry Schroll is, is the name of the gentleman who owned all this. Um, Larry had a really varied taste, which was really interesting. When I usually when you come across these big collections, people they focus on one like one or two things. So like if a guy's really into Corvettes, like his whole garage is filled with Corvettes, you know, and that's what their right. collection. He liked everything. So there's literally everything from like 1920s Model Ts all the way through muscle car, Corvettes, hot rods, Nash Metropolitans, um, Corvairs, uh, you know, 70s vehicles, you know, like Lincoln Mark IVs and stuff like that, like a little bit of everything. So he kind of just like, I think it was kind of cool. It was like if he thought a car was kind of neat and he found one, and it was the right car at the right price, he would just buy it. And then he would buy two or three other ones. So, like, almost every car in the shop in his building, if there's not one, there's probably three of that type of car. You know, there's, there's um, you know, there's a bunch of 50s stuff, what I call the space-age space cars that are real um, kind of futuristic-like. He's got a bunch of that stuff. Uh, so there's literally, there's literally something for everyone if you're into classic cars. Um, probably my favorite cars in the estate, uh, or actually, I, I actually purchased two cars out of the estate as part of the deal I, uh, for us advertising and helping them with the estate. Um, there was uh, two old hot rods that were built back in the 60s and 50s. Uh, one was a 32 Ford five-window coupe uh, that is an old drag, it's an old drag car. So their, their uncle Larry bought the car in 1963, and it was already an old hot rod and a drag car at that point. Um, and then a 1934 Ford Tudor, which was a street hot rod that was built, I think, in the early 60s. And it has an early small block Chevy in it, but it's painted like candy apple red with white and black tuck and roll or, or pleated interior. Um, so this stuff is true old school hot rods that were bought and just like put away for, you know, many, many years. And uh, those were my two favorites um, that I was able to purchase. Um, there's the other two favorites I probably have is there's a 54 Corvette in there. Um, yep, I saw that. The, yep. Yeah. It's a real rare, rare sportsman red. And then there's also a 65, early 65 Mustang, uh, fastback that has like, I don't want to say all the options, but has almost all of the options possible, whether dealer or factory installed, there's factory air conditioning or a uh, dealer installed air conditioning, um, power steering, disc brakes. And it's a fastback with a 289. So, like, um, that's, like, a really neat, if you're into muscle cars, that's, like, a really, really neat car. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, those are my, like, highlights. I, I could probably name off about 10 others I really like. But those, those are definitely the, the best ones in my, uh, if, if I had a top five or four, if you will. Yeah. Now, how are they selling the cars? It sounds like they've already sold some. Is it, you said it's through an auction? 
Yeah, so they, they sold a handful of – so he had some cars that were sitting around outside that were just in, in worse condition. So they sold those privately, um, like right away, just to kind of clear up the property a little bit. Um, they sold uh, the, the fire trucks and the antique motorcycle and some, like, old farm equipment, old tractors. They, they sold that through uh, – the auction company is called Rentsels, which is in the, out of the York, Pennsylvania area. And they already chose that auctioneer to sell some stuff. So they had sold some of that stuff already, but they're going to be using the same auctioneer to sell off the rest of the uh, cars and parts. And that's where I kind of got involved to help them kind of help them tell them what I thought for how to batch stuff together and give them some advice and also give them a little bit of help, obviously, with advertising the sales and getting the word out. Um, but the rest of the items in the estate are going to be going for public auction throughout this the summer of of 2020 so because there is so much stuff they have to do it in probably anywhere from four to six auctions i would say right Uh, right just just because uh, a lot of these cars are packed so tightly together and then there's parts around them they need to pull like batches of cars out to then get the next batches of cars out so it's it's uh you know it's it's a long process to do all of this now how many of these cars are running driving shape I would say almost none are running and driving, but a lot of them are could be running and driving with very little work. The family doesn't; they're they're not gearheads, you know that. So they're not; they don't have the ability to get the cars running and driving. There's two different buildings or properties, like I mentioned, and the one property, a lot of the the cars in those buildings were cars that he was driving in like the 90s or 2000s or 80s, and they were like the nicer cars, I would say. So a lot of those cars, you could just do normal, like, maintenance to get them going again, change the change the gas, change the oil, redo the brake systems, um, stuff like that, and they would be driving. But pretty much all of them are, like, they're literally as found. Uh, Larry was fairly secretive with what he had, so most of the family didn't even know he had all, this many cars or what he had. Um, so it's been kind of like a process, and unfortunately, just due to the sheer amount of cars and stuff that it's just it wasn't feasible or or uh under the timeline in which they'd like to get rid of the stuff it, you know to get all these cars running one by one it would be it would be too much of an undertaking so they're going to be right. getting sold as is so there may be some really good deals where you know stuff you, you may have to take a gamble to buy it but you never know you might uh, a day later clean the points pour some fuel down the carburetor and you got a running car how would the uh listeners learn more about that is it would it be on the auction house website or check out your youtube channel for updates uh, yeah so the auction like i said the auctioneer um is souls r-e-n-t-z-e-l um or if they visit our channel and see we're, we're naming the videos the um or you can even google larry schroll um and our videos will probably come up um, but on our channel, we have uh, we've been releasing videos every Sunday for two weeks now, and it'll be through into April about the estate. Uh, and all of those videos in the video description, when you go down below, uh, we have a link to the auctioneer um, that you can find in there. You can find them on Facebook, um, and they have the, the dates of the auctions listed on their on their website. Um, and then as they start pulling the cars out, they'll put photos up, they'll put more information about you know, the auction and all that stuff. But the first auction is going to be on April 18th at the York, York, Pennsylvania fairgrounds. Wow. That's really cool. Now, is this the coolest, biggest barn find you have, or do you have another fun story for us? I think this is the, as far as like sheer amount of cars, this is definitely the uh, biggest that I've been able to be involved in. I've, 
I've been into some states that have a lot of cars like this, but it's been a deal where, you know, maybe I bought one car and the rest of the stuff the family was keeping or something like that, or I bought parts. But, like, we've, we've done a bunch of videos that, have, that people have kind of taken notice of. About a year ago, we did a video um, helping a family um, uncover a uh, 20s Packard that they found. Well, they, they knew it was there, but they were taking it out of the building. It was in an old abandoned factory in Philadelphia. Uh, right in the, right in the heart of Philadelphia, and the family wow. was selling the selling the old factory, and um, some friends of ours, their auctioneers, were helping them sell off some of the contents that the family was keeping the Packard, and we got asked to come in and help them remove the Packard from the building and document the day. So um, we did a video on that, and that got uh, quite a bit of uh, notoriety on the news and stuff like that. It's well over a million views on the video, um, but it's just. The car was down in this like, like basement area, and you could walk over a walkway over top and look down, and it looked like something out of a movie. It was just really incredible, wow. and um, so we documented basically moving that car um, out of there. But it was really incredible because it was like kind of in a bad part of the city, so you know, like there's this like chain link fence around the whole property because it's an abandoned factory, and we're pulling this car out, and everybody in the neighborhood's like freaking out because they like we didn't know anything was even in this building anymore right um, so, that, so that was a really cool one um i did one and uh i think maybe that same year um i pulled a 1936 chrysler airstream Ooh. um but it is a um it was basically their version of a phaeton um it was a four-door um open car with a removable b pillar um and they only made like I forget now, like 162 of them or something. Um, and I bought that out of a building in Harrisburg that's right near this, like the DMV state capital in, in Pens Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We pulled that out of a out of an old garage there. I purchased that car, and we documented dragging that car out. And we went through it, saw what was in the car, and then I actually took the car to the Hershey AACA swap meet that year and put it up for sale. So it was kind of neat documenting like where we found it, how we found it, the story on it. And then we, we basically just pulled it out and then offered it for sale. And we were able to sell it to a gentleman that was, uh, was going to restore it back to original, which is why I didn't keep it because I'm into the hot rod thing. I try not to do cars that have historical significance as a res restored car. So be because this car was so rare as a factory stock car, I wanted it see it go to uh somebody who was going to restore it so that's why i offered it for sale there instead of be buying it and like lowering it and chopping it and doing all that stuff i i thought it was better to get it to somebody who was going to restore it to original no i love that yeah i'm i'm one of those factory correct guys i love the hot rods but i hate to destroy something that could be taken back to factory correct to to modify it so that's that's really cool well, cool, man. Well, uh, one thing I do at the end of these little interviews is I play a little game I like to call Keep, Cash, and Crush. I did give you a heads up on this. So yep. <laughs> basically, I pick out three cars for you, one to keep, one for you to cash in, and one for you to crush. And it's my goal to make it as painful as possible on you. And okay. so I didn't meet you before this call, but based on our conversation, I think I've got a couple things here. So the three cars are, the first one is a 32 Ford. Period, yeah. correct, hot rod, unrestored, okay? So figure okay. Hot, hot rodded in maybe 1940, 45, something like that. All okay. period, correct. The next one is a driver quality, 33 Chrysler Phaeton with dual windshields. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the third one is a 1930s Duesenberg chassis. Okay. Um, well, the keep is obvious. That's a 32 Ford. I mean, that's that's like a no-brainer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That, that one was that one was too easy for me. Uh, okay. But, but the other the other two are difficult. Um, I, I guess. Uh, well, what I would do if this was real life is I w- if I had a gun to my head and this was real life and I was given a few bullets, I would figure out which one of those two is worth more money, and that's the one I would cash in because I don't have any real. Uh, I would probably crush the Duesenberg frame, to be honest. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, I think so, because it's not a whole car, um, whereas the other one's a complete car. Um, it, it'd be a shame to crush a complete drivable car versus just a chassis. Uh, I could sleep better at night with the chassis because you don't see a whole entire car. Okay. You know, so <laughs> that, that, that's my take on it, but that that is a tough one. But really the answer would be, which one's worth more money? Because if the Duesenberg frame's worth like, a hundred thousand dollars and the Chrysler's worth like twenty, um, I would probably crush the Chrysler just because right. I could buy more I could buy more thirty four thirty two Fords with that money. Oh, that <laughs> makes total sense. I need to make it harder on you, darn it. All right. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at this stuff. I'm I I, I uh I think about these type of things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome, man. Well how can our listeners learn more about you and your YouTube channel? Um so easiest way to find us is honestly, uh, I always say this if you just go on Google and just Google Iron Trap Garage, you will find all our different methods to find us. But we're Iron Trap Garage on YouTube. Uh, Instagram, I'm very active on, so you can find uh, at Iron Trap. And then also on Facebook, we are as well. Um, but YouTube is where they can pretty much see. We put out three videos a week, every single week, every single year. So there is like a ton of content on there. Um, and we're like I said, we're putting out videos every Sunday through the month of April on the Larry Stroll Estate. And there is like a ton of cars in there. So definitely if anybody's interested in those, you know, potentially buying, having a chance to own their own barn find, uh, there is like 50 or 60 chances in there for you to grab something really cool. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.